Good morning. How are we doing? Man, you know what? I'm excited about today. I hope you can sense that. Uh, I like being here with you. I like... Uh, that's, that last song was fitting, right? Resurrection Day. These are, we're talking about a series that where lives Jesus changed, lives that Jesus changed. So we can change our life some, like a little bit, but this is, this is significant change to which I'm really excited about. Hope you're excited about it. So I'm going to read John chapter 4 here in just a moment. Uh, if you want to open your Bibles, you can. Uh, see, it's John 4, it's on page 1052, if that's helpful. Uh, but I'm not going to read it all because it's long, and so I don't want to do that to you. Um, but I do want to show you a slide because I want you to know why I'm reading the passages I am. Um, so that'd be slide number eight. So my, my, my sentence for today essentially is he had to. Jesus is on a mission. He had to go through Samaria. He had to share living water. And he had to because he knew she, the woman we'll talk about, would share it. And everybody's going to listen. He had to. All right? That's where we're going today. So we're going to start in John chapter 4, verse 1. I'll tell you when we jump. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. That's John the Baptist. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord Jesus learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. He had to. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired as he was on the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's noon. That's lunchtime. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus asked her, will you give me a drink? They talk about water for a little bit. Jump to verse 13. And they also talk about some, uh, we'll call it just disagreements in uh, between Samaritans and Jews, okay? Verse 13, Jesus says this, everyone who drinks this water, the water from this well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give, him or her will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jump down to verse 21. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Jump to verse 28. Then... She leaves her water jar and goes back to town. Why? Jump down to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know, we know, we know that this man really is the savior of the world. People of God's word of God. All right. He had to. Uh, before we get into the passage again, I just want to remind you of our series. This is Lives Jesus Changed. So today, I think 
What I'm going today is that uh, uh, oftentimes when we read this story, we kind of think about one person's life being changed and, and a whole bunch of lives get changed. So it really fits today. Lives, plural, changed by Jesus. Okay, I'm not going to go there. All right. But I, I do want to say, uh, uh, so what I found so interesting about this series is uh, I'm trying to keep Easter in front of me at all times. So Easter Sunday, which we do, it's Lent, right? We're working our way towards the cross, right? But specifically, our Easter message, the theme for Easter is moving from doubt to faith. Moving from doubt to faith. So I think you'll see in every story we explore is there is a movement happening. A movement from one place to another place. And it's all predicated on an encounter, an experience, talking to, being with Jesus. All right? So last week, Nicodemus. I was, I was in the other room last week. I was particularly encouraged by the story of Nicodemus. Let me tell you why. So Nicodemus, it, his, I would say his movement is moving from night to light. Right? There's tons of references to sight and seeing. Just the other night, uh, we were with our girls leaving here, and it was dark outside. And my daughter said, it's dark outside, Daddy. I can't see. I said, right, you cannot see at night. But when we're in the light, can we see? Yes, we can. So Jesus is trying to draw Nicodemus from night to light. So did Nicodemus go to see Jesus at night because he was embarrassed or scared? Maybe, I don't know. Um, I think, my opinion, is that he wanted to have some real talk with Jesus. You see, if he would have engaged Jesus in the temple... Uh, there'd be a lot of people, and the temple was kind of ruled by the uh, let's see, uh, public opinion. There's lots of debates. So if I was going to talk to Jesus in the temple, we would be debating. And when I debate somebody, what's my goal normally? Win think, yeah, winning. I'm trying to win. And so I think, I think Nicodemus didn't want to win. I think he was actually really curious. So he goes to Jesus at night because he wants to talk. So what struck me about Nicodemus and today's story and everyone we're going to explore is they are open to change. I think they, they want to change. So if you follow Nicodemus' story through, and what's interesting about John, is he does this at different times, he'll show you the progression of a person in John. He does it with Philip, with Nicodemus. So Nicodemus engages with Jesus, right? We don't know how that ends. But later in John's Gospel, chapter 7, we see Nicodemus again. And Nicodemus is back with all the ruling authorities, right? And they're discussing Jesus. And they're mad at Jesus. What does Nicodemus say about Jesus? Shouldn't we hear him out? He, they don't like his, that's a bad answer. He gets yelled at, right? But like, no, we should hear him out. Nicodemus is moving from night to light, but it takes time, right? And you'll see in the stories, everyone's different. And I am encouraged by that because I'm different than you, right? How I change is going to be different than how you change. So all different stories have changed. So Nicodemus says, should we hear him out? No, we shouldn't. Well, you know, who then buries Jesus in John chapter 19? Nicodemus. Do we know with certainty that Nicodemus decided to believe in Jesus? That's not in here. But looking at what he chooses to do, it seems to me like he's taken steps out and he's sticking his neck out slowly to bury Jesus, to put him in a proper tomb, to go get him. I'm assuming everybody probably found out about it, and that is sticking his neck all the way out there. See, he's moving from night to light. So I was just encouraged by that story. Like, wow, it took a little bit. I take a little bit. Good thing the Lord's patient, right? So today's story, it happens faster. So maybe that's your story. I don't know. 
But I would say they moved today, the woman and her people moved from thirsty to satisfied. And I love that Jesus uses, he's, he's a rabbi, he uses things around him. Always. That's what rabbis did. They would pay attention to the surroundings. They would use things you could see. So Nicodemus, it's nighttime. Let's talk about night to light. We're at a well. Let's talk about some water. He's a good teacher. So So my question to us, two questions actually. One is, do I actually want to change? Do I want to be different? Right? When I say change, I mean transformed. Last week, to be born again, like think about a baby in a womb to outside the womb. That is a significant change, right? Kids come out, they are screaming, where am I? This is a radical change. Do I want to be radically changed? First thing. My second question to you is, I think Jesus, Jesus, this is his first missionary evangelistic endeavor in John's gospel. Jesus is moving outside the people of God to the world to bring the gospel. Jesus is on a mission. He had to, it says, go. So I asked myself the question this week, and I want you to ask yourself, and I might even give you a second to think about it. I said, Jesus, if you had to tell me something today, what do you have to tell me? Because I've heard this said in this room a lot. Is this a museum? No. We think the king is living. We think he is speaking We think he is moving. Jesus, what do you have to tell me today? Do you think he has something to say to you? So as I come to this story, we're coming at it a little bit different today. Jesus is on a mission, not just for a person, but for a lot of people. Okay? So let's work through. He had to. He had to go to Samaria. We'll start in verse four. That's what it says. Now he had to go through Samaria. And guess what? He didn't. He did not have to go through Samaria. In fact, most people did not. You would go around Samaria. Why? Because Samaritans and Jews, if you've been in church at all, you probably know they are not friends. They have a deep hatred for one another for lots of different reasons. This is the part that struck me is uh, they both think they're right. Do you know that? So the Samaritans believe the first five books of the Bible. That's it. Anything else, that is heretical blasphemy. So they think that the Jewish people are wrong, that the rest of these pages are not good, and they think they're holding to the truth faith. So they think they're right. Well, the Jews would say, no, we're right. And on top of us being right, We think that you all are a bunch of half-breeds, essentially. We think that you are less than us. Because when we got exiled a long time ago, they took the best and the brightest, and they moved all of us to where we got exiled, and we left all of you behind. Because you're worthless, unworthy, unwanted people. And you stayed here. And our conquerors came and lived with you, and you created more people. So we think you are less than us. We think we are the true people of God, and you are not. You can see how these two groups did not get along with each other, right? They did not like each other. So Jesus did not have to go through Samaria at all. Or did he? Because in John's gospel, when they use that phrasing, he had to, because it was God's will. I have got to go see these people. 
I have got to go sit with them. Because guess what? My good news is not just for a people. It is for all people. I'm going to go back real fast. You want to turn page with me real fast? I'm not sure why we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. John 2, 23. So these stories are coupled together. Nicodemus and the woman. Two people, right? Deep conversation. Beforehand, though, Jesus is doing things in Jerusalem, and he is doing a whole bunch of signs, a whole bunch of good things, and people are believing in his name. It says, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew them. He did not need the testimony because he knew what was in their hearts. So with Nicodemus, I think he ended with repentance. With the one at the well, he's, I think you're more than people think. But we also have to change how you think. But I was just struck by that. And I think all the story is true. Jesus knows, he knows what's in your heart. He knows what you want. He knows what you long for. He knows what you desire. He knows what we think will satisfy us. He knows all of those things. But all the stories we're exploring is he's saying, but it has to change. It has to change. So I, I must begin today, again, just, our God knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what you want. Which is what he talks to the woman at the well about. That's why he's talking about water. So next stage. Next had to. He had to share living water. He knows what we want. He knows what we think will satisfy. So when I say living water, I'm always thinking about words we use around church law. What do you think of? If I said to you, what's living water? What would your response be? What I was saying about those, if I want water, if, if, I want, if I want this kind of water, I have to be really thirsty. Can you remember a time when you were really thirsty? Like a time when you actually, like your throat, it's funny when you talk about this, my throat gets super dry. When you were thirsty. Do you remember a time when you were really thirsty? Some time kind of mind. I actually have like memories like come to my mind when I was really thirsty. It's weird. I had one, I think I said before, I was leaving a football practice over here at the middle school and I was, had not gotten water afterwards. I was so hot. I remember my tongue being stuck to the roof of my mouth. I remember my throat being dry. I remember feeling like I was just, I was hardly walking. It's like, oh, actually, yesterday we had our youngest in the car and she kept saying, but I'm so thirsty. We're going to get there in a minute. But I need it now. Like, I'm so thirsty. I'm like, you're not that thirsty. She's just, I am. I'm so thirsty. You ever felt like that? When you're really thirsty? That's just bodily. We need water to live, right? But what about a time in life where you felt the same way? Exhausted. I feel like I can hardly move. I am anxious beyond anxious. I'm almost, I can't even, have you ever felt that way? When you're that thirsty. When the thing you've believed in, you thought would do what you needed, 
doesn't do it. And you're like, crap. Now what? Have you ever been really thirsty? Because Jesus says, I've got living water, which is like moving water. And water is kind of thematic of the whole Bible. Living water, there's lots of different representations, different things, but what I found so interesting was I was reading somebody who's, who's pretty sharp, and he talked about water at the very beginning. He said that God created this world, and there was this garden, and from this garden came this river, this moving water, and it, it watered the whole world, and everything grew and was beautiful just as he wanted it to be. It was good. But then the people said, I don't trust that source. I don't trust that water. What happened? The world was dry and desolate, it said. Beginning, God creates. We choose to distrust. The world becomes dry and desolate again. So this woman at the well, so the people of God, any time the people of God would grow, it happened around a well. So you think about stories. Think about Isaac, the, the patriarchs of, the, of, of, the Israel, of, of, the, of all of Israel. Isaac meets his wife at a well. Jacob meets his wife at a well. Moses meets his wife at a well. The, the family grows around a well. Here we have Jesus. Where's Jesus? At a well. With who? With a woman. So if I know all these stories, I'm thinking, I think the family might grow. But it's going to grow differently. It's not the way it's grown historically. Because Jacob's well, Jacob did a great job of growing his family, right? How, how did Jacob try to, do you know Jacob's story at all, Old Testament? He lied. He stole. He cheated. It happened to him back. He was trying to control. He was trying to manifest. He was trying to do things on his own. And every time he did, it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And God used those people. It's crazy. But here they are back at Jacob's well. Who they're saying, no, Jacob was great. And you're like, no, did you read the pages about, J about Jacob? He is not great. And she said, I'm going to do a new thing. That water from the beginning, I'm bringing in. She says, I have water that's different than your water. This water will make you thirsty. Mine will satisfy your deepest desires, your deepest needs. Do you want to drink? So if you follow that through, water, we're moving towards Easter, right? When Jesus is on this, a spear gets jutted into him. What comes out of him? Blood and water. How did Jesus share water with us. He willed our good. He sacrificed for us. He died for us. For God so loved the world last week. For God so loved the world. He gives us the gift of living water, but it requires belief, trust in him. The woman receives that. They, they talk longer. 
in verse 28, what does the woman do? She leaves her old water jar behind. And what does she do then? So she's received new water. I don't need that water. And then she runs into town. Why? To share with everybody. This is where I wonder where the, who, who the woman is. I've read this and read this. I've read commentaries and books. I've listened to sermons. Who is this woman? I don't know. I've heard her depicted as, um, and could be true. It does not say, we do not know her life story. Can we all agree on that? Not in here. But I've heard her depicted as a woman of the night. We'll call her that. But I'm so struck by, if that's who she is, why does everyone listen to her? If that's who she is, would I think that, that's, that she's a good judge of character? I mean, perhaps, a move the spirit, for sure. Could happen. I wonder if I'm not knowing what has happened in her life. I think it was hard. Right? Let's say her five husbands, maybe, maybe, maybe some died. She keeps remarrying, which means she can probably still have kids because that was the most important thing in marriage in this day. Can we create a bigger family? She continues to remarry. So her family, she's probably older. Her family has probably grown, right? I wonder if she has lived a really hard life and people have watched her live it and they've been impressed. My wondering. Because then when she comes to say, this guy knew everything. He spoke into all of that. Because you know they talk, to, they, talk, they talk longer than this, right? You can't write everything down like we do. We can type really fast. And she shares the story. And she has enough credibility where people say, I got to go check this out. I got to go see this guy. Jesus had to go through Samaria. I think as he had to talk to this woman because he knew that she would also, once she received the water, that she would want to share it. And that people would say, I got to hear about this water. So I'm thinking about water. I've got water a lot. And I'm trying to, when are we most thirsty? When are we ready for a drink? I, when life gets really hard. When I know that I can't dig my own well, and I know the water's stagnant, and I know it's not doing what I want. So this last week, so I was thinking about this. Um, it's the water's for me. The water's to be shared in so many different ways. Um, so I was, uh, uh, I was reminded this last week of the Beatitudes. Isn't it fun how we, that we commit it to memory? It just kind of pops up when we do that. Just kind of, oh, 
So the phrase that come, kept through my mind, because as you know, there's been, there's been, we've been in a season as a family of, of being, I have to say, being thirsty. We need a drink. We need refreshment. And I felt like the Lord said to me, he said, Clayton, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And I said, that's great. I'm going to share that with some people. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted, right? We'll be comforted by the Lord. We can comfort each other. But then I thought later in the week, the Lord said to me, no, that was for you. Blessed are those who mourn, who were honest, who want me, who need me. Because life is more than our humanity can bear. From, I mean, you just work your way through life, right? Let's just, um, let's say I am uh, raising kids. Let's talk about school. Let's talk about work. Let's talk about loss. Let's talk about moves. Let's talk about broken relations. We mourn all those things. We should. Blessed are those who mourn, who share those things openly with people who love them, because then we can be comforted together. So I was, me, I thought I could just gut through whatever I was feeling. I can do this. I got it. My wife is sitting right here. She would tell you that I did not. And she was patient with me until finally I realized that those words I thought I had for someone else were words for me. And I told her. And she said, thanks for telling me. And she hugged me. I cried. But it was just... <sighs> those words were living water for me. But then I had to I ain't sure where I'm going with this right now. We have to share it. This my face not just for me, which is how I like to live. It's my faith. It's what I believe. Don't talk about it. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to pray. We, wanna, we want to become good neighbors. We want to become known. We want to grow. We want to be changed. That requires change here and change here. And what happens when we do that? What's the last line in verse 42? When we are honest here, honest here, we know, we know this man really is the Savior of the world. We know he's the savior of the world. He quenches every thirst. Is it still hard? Yes. Does he walk with us through it? Yes. Does he grow and develop people who do it with us? Yes. And we keep moving through this life into eternity. That is good news. 
I don't have to do this all by myself, and neither do you. Living water, moving water. And you know what's really great? I was thinking about actually our, our magazine. It's the river, right? We're refreshed, but what's so fun is when we become part of the water, we move out. The line is further out and further in. Guess what? The river takes us places we never thought we could go or that we would go. We actually aren't even sure why we're there most of the time, but oh, it's just where we're supposed to be. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't think I'd ever live in Iowa again, but I'm really glad that I'm here. I just assumed. But it's so good to be here. You ever have that? Where you can't believe you are where you are? I never thought that. But I look around, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't change a thing. Right? Can I get an amen from somebody who's experienced that? Come on. Jeepers, criminy. It's just good news. That's why I'm so excited about this series. I'm encouraged by every story. When we change, right? Like last week, repentance sounds super hard, right? Does that sound like fun? Look at, you know, he, Jesus essentially told Nicodemus last week, you have to look at the thing that's killing you. He cited a story from Numbers 21 where people were distrusting God again. Snakes come into the camp. Snakes are biting people. They're poisoning people. They're dying. What does Moses do? He raises up a snake. Who else got raised up? Jesus did, right here. But to, to, to understand that, he said, you have to look at the thing that's killing you. I don't want something to kill me. I don't want something to poison my relationships. I don't want something to poison my life. She says, neither do I. He said, just look at it, and what's right behind the thing that is killing me? Jesus, on a cross, who says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Back to John 2. He knows what's in our hearts. He's like, they don't know what they're doing. We love them anyways. But they have to, we have to be willing to look at the things in life that are hard and things that are killing us and give them up. That's good news. I don't want things to ruin my life. I want to love my wife. I want to love you. I want to love my kids. I want to will the good of the people in my life. He's saying, yeah, me too. All right. I got invitations for you. We're going to have two songs here in the back end. First song, I just want you to sit there. I have some water in the corners. There'll be prayer ministers. There'll be communion here. You can come and receive. You can come to the table and receive. You can come to the water. Just feel some water. Perhaps, perhaps, as you put your hands down, I've done this before, look at the water. You can even look under the water. The water falls through your hands. You can't hold the water, right? Can't hold it. Doesn't work. You can try really hard. It's gonna fall out. Promise. I've tried. Sat and tried it for a while. You can come, you can come and just pick it up. Just let it go. But back to where we started. What if Jesus has something he has to tell you today? About who you are, who he thinks you are. Maybe he sees you differently than you see yourself. Maybe he sees someone in your life differently than you see them, than I see them. So I want you to know who they are. I want you to know who you are, sons and daughters of the Most High God. I need you to know today. So sit for the first song. But if you feel inclined, remember, there's a movement happening in every verse, in all the stories. There's a movement. The invitation is from your seat to stand up and move to the front. Not because, let's just, all of our lives, 
we all have bad things in our life. We all have made bad mistakes. We all have been a little broken. To come forward does not mean that my life's in shambles right now. It might just be, so Jesus says that uh, uh, the water, right, it, it, it becomes a fountain. It bubbles up. So I had to stop. Some of us today might need our first drink. Jesus, on a, he's here to convert people. He wants you to come to the kingdom. Maybe you've never had a drink. Maybe you think, I want to trust Jesus today. You can come forward. Put your hands in the water. Or maybe, sometimes, did you know that a fountain can work, but we can also block the fountain? And the fountain cannot bubble up? What if I seem to remove some things so the fountain can come up and I can then share it with other people? So wherever you are, super high, super low, there's always more with God. Isn't that fun? You can come forward. First song, sit. Second song, Jesus said that he's looking for the true worshipers. What would true worship look like today in this room? Let's pray. God, we desire to be changed, to be transformed, to become something new, to become who you made us to be, to live into your reality, your kingdom, and that is the best news. So I just pray that, that today that we, I don't know, you give us good glimpses of your good news, of your heart for us, and that change is a really good thing.